Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another Inside AFMSE podcast. I'm joined here with Robert Jackson, who is the Director of Personnel for AFMSE. And he's going to talk to us today about AFIMSC's Strategic Human Capital Plan. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Jackson. Thank you for having me today. I appreciate it. Now, recently, our commander, Major General Brad Spacey, announced AFIMSC's Strategic Human Capital Plan. Within his announcement, he mentioned, we needed to deliberately develop our people to be innovative airmen and functional with ex- functional expertise, operational competence, and cross-functional knowledge to integrate installation and mission support capabilities. What is this plan designed to do for our AFIMSC workforce? Well, first, one of the things that it's designed to do is support the uh, Air Force Materiel Command human capital strategy. Each of the subordinate centers was directed to develop their own strategy to provide and articulate that they're enabled and available to support the AFMC larger mission. Okay. Additionally, for the center, we also use it as a vehicle to identify center-specific workforce requirements that we need here to enable our installation and mission support uh, personnel to be able to, to uh, perform their mission. Okay. And in the end game, we expect that we're going to have a mature and competent workforce that is enabled to uh, get the job done every day to support uh, warfighters globally. Okay. Okay, and what is the the timeline for the rollout of this plan? Is it going on now? Can we expect something in the coming months? Yes, well, we've got a little bit of both going on. Um, There's some activity and execution definitely going on now. The uh, initial plan was approved by General Spacey at the end of uh, 2018. So we took some actions there. Uh, If I can, I'll talk a little bit about the, the components of the plan, essentially. There are... 19 functional annex that annexes that are actually included in the uh, strategic human capital plan so each of the functional representatives that are responsible for their their parts of the plan ce as an example okay um, program management as an example security forces have taken two areas uh out of their annexes to actually focus on as priorities for for functional uh competence and, and functional actions that they kind of want to get at so that's from a functional perspective. Now, what we've also done since uh, the uh, leadership has identified strategic priorities, we're also getting at developing capabilities that are more cross-functional and not necessarily stovepipe within the functional areas. So we have some priorities and some goals there, and we're moving out on some programs. As an example, okay. uh, mentoring, not okay. just the functional mentoring, but some cross-functional areas. And uh, also we have in development right now a uh, career development rotation program that we're looking to implement here within the coming months. So we definitely have some actions that are moving forward, both functionally and cross-functionally, to uh, develop our airmen and and get them to be the most capable airmen that they okay. can for the enterprise. Okay. And this and this affects um, civilians and military Absolutely. personnel? Okay. Absolutely. Big A airmen. And when I speak to our installation and mission support airmen and our team members, what we're looking at as far as uh, the composition, officer, enlisted, and civilians. Okay. This applies to each of them, yes. Okay, okay. And what is the tra- strategic direction for, for this human capital plan for AFIMC? So the strategic direction, the, the plan actually covers uh, essentially uh, four years. 
so we're looking at at this point we're rolling along 2018 to uh, 2022 is the current plan and okay. obviously it's dynamic because as uh, needs shift um, we will certainly look to make edits and updates to the plan okay. to enable us, us to better accomplish the mission now uh, one of the things that was beneficial to us, because we already had the strategic human capital plan uh, in development, but in parallel to that effort, uh, the center leadership, obviously led mm -hmm. by General Spacey, okay. uh, we came up with our strategic priorities as we developed the, st the center's strategic plan. And one of the priorities there, priority number one, as a matter of fact, is that of developing installation and mission support experts and leaders you know so that priority number one is foundational to mm -hmm. to what we're doing and kind of what we've documented in the uh, strategic human capital plan but it enables the remaining three priorities to get okay. done when we have those things shored up okay so what can what can AFIMC members military civilian um, all personnel what can they expect in the coming months you know with this with this rollout of plan strategic what can people start seeing what they will see uh, for them. And I think uh, it's probably worth talking about the strategic uh, human resource life cycle. And that's essentially six focus areas, that human resource life cycle. So the, the basis of it all is workforce planning. Mm -hmm. So we look at workforce planning, we're looking at acquiring and attracting personnel, once we get those personnel on board, we're looking at developing okay. that force. Mm -hmm. When we develop that force, the next piece of it is the performance management, evaluating and rewarding those folks for uh, what they've done and holding them accountable. The culture, which we're looking to change our culture, that's one of the big things, especially since we're in the throes now still of a huge reorganization. Mm -hmm. You know, yes. we, we have some legacy organizations that are out there that, you know, had their own uh, mm -hmm. values, cultures, and things. And what we're trying to do is bring all of that together to have a center-centric approach on how we uh, look at things going forward and getting an mission done. So our culture, and then the last component is in retention. What are we doing to make sure that we're keeping our folks on board, the quality folks that we need to get the mission done and making sure we're taking care of them? So... That's the viewpoint of the human resources life cycle. So that's really what we're trying to get at. Okay. Now, if we look at the uh, our IMSC team members, our big A airmen, as I say, on the team, senior leadership, workforce planning is, is really the essential thing. We have to get that right. Do we have the right mix of personnel? Mm -hmm. Do we have the right uh, specialties? do we have the right uh, education levels for those folks that we've determined so we need to get that set for both the current mission and our future missions so that's the senior leader responsibility so they will constantly and should constantly take a look at that so once we have that set we'll see some activity in our acquiring and attracting those folks okay um congress has fortunately given us significant um flexibility in using direct hiring authority and expedited hiring authority okay. so when we're looking at getting folks on board a lot faster than the traditional hiring process we'll see more use of those authorities to get the right folks on board as well too in a more expeditious manner 
okay. from the workforce development piece of it. I talked about the functional annexes that are actually in the uh, human capital plan. But another part of that, too, is our force development strategic uh, flight plan that is a part of the overall plan. And what that does, in addition to the functional training and functional opportunities that, that are available, it also, also speaks to some of those cross-functional training and development opportunities that should be priorities for us. Uh, General Spacey has talked about um, developing the six core competencies of all of our INMS airmen, mm -hmm. aside from their functional competence. So what we're looking to do as part of the uh, strategic, uh, excuse me, as part of the workforce uh, development strategic flight plan, mm -hmm. we're trying to develop cross-functional skills, interpersonal skills, problem-solving skills, enterprise knowledge and expertise, and warfighting ethos. Okay. So in addition to, like I said, Okay, I know my job as a civil engineer. I know my job as a contractor. We're also trying to make them well-rounded to understand what's going on and be able to operate successfully across the enterprise. Okay. So that's the workforce development piece. So okay. we brought our force on board. Mm -hmm. We got them full up rounds. They're well-qualified. Now we talk performance management. We evaluate what they've mm -hmm. done and what they're doing. Hold them accountable for what they're responsible for within the enterprise, and if warranted, we reward them appropriately. So that's the performance management piece. And we'll see some of that uh, as we just closed out an appraisal cycle here. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of folks will probably see those mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> at some point in their paychecks here coming up real soon. Mm -hmm. But one of the other things that we're trying to uh, do to support leadership to get our workforce involved in attacking and achieving our strategic priorities we're looking at uh, some additional incentives there okay. potential team awards for folks that are supporting this the the bosses and the organization's strategic priorities so that's something that uh, we can probably expect to see here in the near future as well too okay and, yes okay absolutely well that's great insight i know a lot of folks will probably be excited about this this whole new change of culture that's what it sounds like for AFIMSC where some employees are kind of stuck in functional areas and they kind of, you know, they want to do more, they want to know more. Right. And this, this pretty much gets them out of, you know, this is, this is what is going to happen to you long term and being successful and helping right. to support the mission effectively for AFIMSC. And, and it's good that you brought that up because we as human resource managers and also as leaders, as part of the plan, as we go forward, we recognize mm -hmm. that there are going to be folks that are quite comfortable being subject matter experts and leaders within their functional area. Mm -hmm. But we're, what we're trying to do is balance that with those that are ambitious and are looking to be more strategic leaders and have those opportunities outside of their functional stovepipes to be able to better understand and better lead at a strategic level and not just be limited to the functional area. Okay. There is benefit and value for both of those team members for us in the organization. So we're looking to make uh, the best uh, uh, use, if you will, mm -hmm. of that talent on both sides of the spectrum to, uh, to advance the, uh, the mission here in the center. Okay. Okay. Um, talking about functional communities, functional, you know, like CE or security forces, how does their plan, 
you know, you talked legacy earlier, you talked legacy. How does this plan, this AFIMSE plan, uh, how does it compare to what they're already doing to develop their workforce? I mean, is it is it all-encompassing? This is how AFIMSE is going to move forward along with these legacy communities, these functional communities? Well, we we have to recognize, and the plan does recognize that, again, as I said, the functional expertise is is critical to the success of the organization. So what it does within the functional annexes, if you take a look at them, it will actually show what our demographics look like today. So as the functionals view it, where are our gaps in okay. skills? Where are our gaps in the uh, qualifications, certifications? What does our workforce look like, uh, aging workforce? You know, what percent of those folks are retirement eligible? Okay. And it will show us, you know, kind of what we need to get at and move our, pr- our priorities in those functional areas to make sure we don't create a bathtub and have a, a drop-off in that capability. Okay. So that gets taken into consideration. And, and what we are looking to do as part of this, and we've seen uh, over the past several months here, particularly when we were looking at the uh, – the window being open for civilian developmental education, we increased our interactions with the career field teams at the Air Force Personnel Center. So we'll be looking to do that a little bit more as well too. But when we're rolling back in, you know, the 19 different functional annexes, it allows those other functionals to take a look at some of the challenges and some of the good things that are being done within those functional areas that they may be able to take some best practices and apply to uh, some of the other functional areas for the center going forward. Okay. And then I'll say the last thing, because I have to roll back to, again, functional is important, mm-hmm. but we're also looking at that rising tide, lifting all boats and, and giving some, some core skills across every functional area. So okay. there's going to be goodness in that as well, too. Okay. And folks can, can access this strategic human capital plan on our AFIMSE SharePoint page, yes, correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay. Yes. Is that within your directorate's page, or is it in, in the front page of AFIMSE SharePoint? It's not in the front page of AFM, Air Force IMSC SharePoint. It's in our directorate's page, okay. and it is on the Air Force IMSCU okay. uh, page as well, too. Okay. Yeah. And again, we're, we're joined by Mr. Robert Jackson, who's the Director of Personnel. He's here talking with us about the AFIMSE Strategic Human Capital Plan. Now, another going back to the focus areas, um, how are those focus areas? You talked um, workforce planning and attract and acquire. Uh, there's workforce development, there's culture, there's retention and performance management. How will these focus areas help AFIMSE grow and support the installation and mission support airmen across the Air Force? Well, I think the best thing that it will do for us, it allows us, like I said, to make an assessment across all of those focus areas to assess the health of our workforce and establish some goals and priorities for us and where we need to make some adjustments, uh, again, if possible. Okay. Um, again, one of the things I use as a, as a good example is, you know, our 2.0 reorganization. If you look at the pre-existing organization and, for example, 
we take in emergency management, firefighter, as an example, mm -hmm. that's sitting out in an organization. As we restructure our organization and we look to make some, some consolidations and move that particular position, if you will, mm -hmm. to the headquarters where that person may end up being more of a program manager or potentially an integrator, we probably need to, that individual that's gonna fill that position to have some new or additional skills. And what that allows us to do when we're looking at workforce planning and building what's going to be in the future organization, then we can match up the skills, the training, and all of the uh, requirements that would go along with performing those new duties. So it allows us to kind of stay ahead of that and plan effectively for the personnel that we're going to uh, bring on board. Okay. Now we've talked about military, civilian. We've talked about how it's going to benefit the workforce as a whole. Now, what can leaders of AFIMC and subordinates going forward, what can they expect to do um, to help initiate and to bring this plan forward? Okay. Leaders first. You know, leaders obviously have to be out front because, like I said, again, and I can't emphasize enough that workforce planning piece is the leader's responsibility to make sure we get that back and have the, having that vision of what the mission is today and, and what it should like and look like in the future. So we ask uh, leaders to be proactive there. We also ask leaders to take advantage and use some of the flexibilities that are available to them when they're attracting and acquiring personnel, which may, if available, include some incentives to get some of the right folks on board uh, to them. Okay. Leaders should also, at all times, promote workforce development opportunities uh, and realize the long-term benefit. Yes, I know there's some, some short-term impacts for us when we're allowing folks to uh, go out of the work center to get training and some professional development opportunities. But when we look at the long-term benefit that it has for, for really developing our folks, both personally and professionally, you know, it's only a plus for the organization uh, from a strategic perspective. So folks can look at that there. And then holding our folks accountable when we get to performance management. Because, I mean, it's important because folks are watching. Mm -hmm. If we're not holding them accountable and if we are not rewarding and awarding our folks uh, fairly, uh, so we look for leaders to do that as well. Um, a culture of innovation too. When we talk about the culture, General Spacey has certainly said he want us, wants us to be innovators uh, across the board. So leaders should also be promoting the opportunities, not only for day-to-day -day mission things, but look into their airmen, officer enlisted and civilian to say, okay, where are the opportunities for us to, to look and improve our processes? So that's one too. And I think when folks see that they have all of these things in order and leaders are empowering them, then that's when we can improve uh, on our retention. Now, with regard to our team members, officer and enlisted and civilian folks that are out there performing every day, we're looking for them to take advantage of the uh, development opportunities that are presented uh, for them. General Spacey has recently also uh, approved additional workforce flexibilities, if you will, alternate work schedule, okay. and teleworking for our uh, team members where it's appropriate. Mm -hmm. 
uh, for the mission. So we would look for our folks to be able to take advantage of that uh, and, you know, have that work-life balance, which, um, you know, statistics have shown if folks still are held accountable to what they need to do, they can become a more productive workforce even if they are actually uh, taking advantage of some of those workforce flexibilities and not sitting in a physical work center you know, okay. in mm-hmm. in eye shot of their uh, <laughs> leaders and, and supervisors. Absolutely. Yes. So those are the things, too. Um, one of the things I'll take an opportunity to make a pitch for, you know, for our military personnel, they have uh, my vector, and they also have, you know, more familiar kind of the, what we used to call dream sheets to be able to talk about okay. uh, some of their goals, uh, aspirations, assignments, and those things. For our civilian workforce, the individual development plan is primarily the tool of choice for them to essentially do the same thing for their own civilian uh, career and personal goals. Okay. Collaborate with their supervisors mm-hmm. and uh, work to uh, do that. And that, uh, that kind of works in parallel mm-hmm. with their performance management plans, but it, it talks to more of the training certification and some of their short and long-term goals oh, okay. uh, that they okay. may have. So. We ask the uh, employees to certainly be proactive mm-hmm. in, uh, in getting that done as well. And they can be proactive with their immediate supervisors. They can discuss, yes. you know, just like a military personnel were to go to his, um, his boss. Um, as required, you know, military, they have a structure. So with civilians, maybe not so much, but if they're encouraged to do so, they can pro- prolong their career in a sense if they are communicating with their immediate supervisor to do things like that to be successful in their career and not just be, as you said before, stovepiped into one area, they can probably contribute to other areas. Absolutely. And there will be opportunities here within the center. You know, obviously we want to keep our best folks because we've got to, you know, that's one of the things I'm excited about uh, having been here just a little over a year is the uh, caliber of uh, team members that uh, I have the opportunity to work with across the board. So, you know, Mm -hmm. if there's a way for us to do that, to keep those best folks on the team here working, um, then we certainly want to want to be able to to do that. And again, like I said, that's officer enlisted and and civilian. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And in talking with, um, you know, about appraisal programs and and whatnot, we we participated in as civilians, you know, the performance, performance management and appraisal program, mentoring, civilian development, education calls, functional development teams, education and training, et cetera. Are we going to see more required under this plan other than those mechanisms that we're able to use and utilize as as civilians and military? So as I I look across the board and I'll reflect back to the human resources life cycle. So if we looked at some of those, the focus areas, the six focus areas, several of those that you mentioned you know, fall squarely into one of those focus areas. So the intent of the, of executing the, uh, the plan Mm -hmm. is not to generate more work because those programs already exist. Okay. But what we want to do is be able to pull out the priorities and specifically some of the gaps that will inhibit uh, okay. mission accomplishment to be able to direct those efforts at the, the highest priority areas. That way we're not wasting time and wasting efficiency at 
you know, at the uh, expense of efficiency and effectiveness, where we should be closing some gaps uh, in some major mission areas. Okay. Okay. So we've got civilians, airmen, military listening to this, possibly listening to this podcast. They want to know what's what's the benefit of this plan. What's what's in it for me? If 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 this is all going to change and and be better for me long term, or short term in a sense, um, how is this plan going to affect directly to me? Even though I'm going to see all these changes, we're going to see all these um, these these moves going on, if you will, with this plan being initiated. So what is what is airmen, civilian, um, you know, what is it in for me? What's this plan do for me? It allows you to really end up being the best INMS Big A airman that you can be and become really a part of a high-performing team because the, the focus areas that we look at within the functional areas and cross-functionally if we get at the priorities that are in the plan, we are definitely developing a, a high-performing team that's serving the Air Force, our major command, and our center mission well. And you certainly can rest on the satisfaction that you're doing that. And you also have the opportunity for professional uh, development as well. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to add? that maybe we didn't go over or cover or any last hoorahs or encouragement for all the force here in AFIMC? Yeah. I am, like I said, it's been uh, just a little over a year for me in the seat. Uh, The center mission, as we shape it into 2.0, is certainly dynamic and we continue to make adjustments and and get the mission done every day Um, but the strategic priority number one that i mentioned developing installation and mission support experts and leaders you know really that gets down to our most important resource our people and without getting at that we aren't able to to get at any of those other priorities so proud to continue to serve and to help you folks out there uh as we execute the plan to do the best that uh, we can so good stuff all right well thank you mr jackson for joining us today and thank you everyone for joining us for another inside afimc podcast you can catch this podcast and more podcasts at www.dividshub.net or www.afimsc.af.mil. Thanks again. Bye-bye.